right, I'm recording. Can I do this part? Can I do this um, part in the ASRM whispering? Can I do that? I'm about to cut. <laughs> can I? Can I do it in the ASRM whisper? Please don't. Please don't. All right. I hate that so much. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> gives me the willies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Uh, I just was wanting to talk to you. <laughs> okay. Hey, I got some paper to crinkle over here. Yes. Yeah, the paper crinkle. <laughs> and the... There is ASRM porn. I did look it up. Well, I'm sure there is. <laughs> For the ASRM. Well, they <laughs> swear up and down that it, ASRM people swear up and down that it's not sexual. But we got off on this We got off on an ASRM. I was going to go. ASRM. So, okay, I'm... Go ahead. Right. <laughs> no, I've been recording this whole time. You go, buddy. You go. You do you. All right, as long as we're all recording. Uh, all right. Welcome to Poor Richard's <laughs> Lament Hour. <laughs> Poor Richard's Almanac? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we still don't have a hard name for this. What's what's the name going to be this week? What the Michael Eddington Comedy Hour. <laughs> oh, wait, Eddington, who's that guy? Des- I, haven't, I, I Des- remember him from the first episode of the season. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> this is an episode I haven't... Yeah. He has come. All right, yes, that's right. All right, so, yeah, so, wait, you've got some uh, voicemails and emails for us this week? Yeah, well, what would y'all rather start with? We can start with this. Start with the emails. Okay, I've got an email here to uh, go through. That's good. From our friend uh, Franklin, and I think he's in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and the title, we kind of got into it on the um, acting talk the last few episodes. We did. With uh, one actor in particular, but the title of this email is Avery Brooks Acting dot dot dot. Kind of sucks. <laughs> so uh, I know I've come out hard against, hey, you guys hate Bashir, but Avery Brooks is not always the best either. I just, I think Avery Brooks is great, and I'm not here to say that he's not, but Franklin is. So I'll just read this email. James and Hughes' argument on acting isn't quite fair. Okay, I'm with you. I agree so far. Because an actor has charisma or makes the role interesting to watch, doesn't actually make the acting better. Okay, this is all. This it, is getting, makes my, it makes my viewing of it better. Yeah, this is going to get subjective real fast, I imagine. Uh, all right, going on. There's nothing realistic in Avery Brooks' portrayal of Cisco. All right, another <laughs> me inserting. Just read, just, let's just get through the damn email. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll, <laughs> I, have, I, I did a lot of Grotowski acting, so I don't think natural realistic acting is a. But or, I'm sorry, you're right, Hugh, you're totally right. Let me just go through and I will. Hold my sensor off. Uh, there's nothing realistic in Avery Brooks' portrayal of Cisco. The heavy breathing, the changes in tone and intensity. It may be theatrical or Star Trek acting. It may make the character more interesting, but it's still not great. What's saving Avery Brooks is Cisco being a fleshed out character, giving Avery Brooks something to do with all that weirdness. Alexander Sadiq, on the other hand, is stuck with a terrible character that's not fully fledged, leaving him with hardly anything he can do to make Julian Bashir worth watching. And that's what's coming off the screen. When he has good lines, he pulls them off rather well. <laughs> Terry Farrell is a perfect example of bad acting. She managed to make all her scenes look like she was reading off cue cards. Terry Farrell could be replaced with a marionette, and her scenes would only be unchanged she and her scenes would only be unchanged she would be less wooden i don't know what that means uh 
Alamorain, Franklin in Jacksonville. P.S. In the Pale Moonlight keeps being brought up and mentioned as the Hallmark episode, but I want to offer that's right one that's much better. Season four's The Visitor. All right. Well, when we get that, I think, I'm knocking that. That's a good one too. Yeah, I mean, I think I've referred to The Visitor as the one that makes everyone cry. If you go from Twitter, that's the one that everybody cries at. Yeah, but, I like The Pale Moonlight for a lot of like philosophical visitor is pretty great too we like that philosophical reasons yeah but no yeah we'll get to that one a lot quicker than pale moonlight yeah but i do Mm. disagree with his acting realistic just being realistic is not good acting to me but i've got a chip on my shoulder i did physical device theater in (laughs) new york realism is a tool of an actor it's very useful tool it's like a paintbrush but it's not the only tool that you can right that, that 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 you can use uh, I mean, it's just it, like an American preoccupation with Stanislavski, blah, blah, blah. Oh, sorry. Never Stanislavski, mind. but I, like, I, even if you want to put like in the real, like, like, let's say like Marlon Brando, right. who basically invented, who who is not, he didn't invent it, but is credited as like being the sort of the main central naturalistic actor. I would much rather watch Orson Welles play most. Harry, like, yeah, yeah. Role. I like Orson Welles more than I like Marlon Brando in movies. And I think it's because Orson Welles is can be realistic and he can also like hey. like charm your fucking socks off and blow your fucking socks off. Right. Where if it's not working for Marlon Brando, he's like a temperamental pitcher. If you don't have his if you don't have his curveball, he's just out there for a while. <laughs> listen, like listen, we could do a whole <laughs> podcast on Marlon Brando's influence on acting and the national psyche and everything, but yeah. why doesn't everybody just go read Infinite Jest? That's- <laughs> well, here, Franklin, I think it's just different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I don't mind the fact that you're wrong, for instance. <laughs> I think that's fine and just as valid, you know, in, in your enjoyment of the show. Um, I appreciate you writing in. All right, what else we got next? <laughs> All right, I uh, hope you don't feel like we're beating up on you, Franklin. But no, Franklin, you're just a lo- okay. you're a lovely individual, but and you <laughs> and you don't care for the acting. <laughs> I sim- I can sympathize with you as another lovely individual who thinks you're wrong. Go ahead, Wayne, with the next one. All right, uh, all right. So now we're just going to get into voicemails. Uh, first off, we have a voicemail from Drive Time again. Uh, let's see, this is another past tense. Still on past tense. I thought he left a past tense thing. Or, yeah, uh, drive time was one that we turned around to his way of thinking. Come around to my way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. So go ahead with drive time. All right. Oh, sorry. I've got, every time that comes up, I have Verge Overkill song kicks into my head. Uh, but all right. I'll just play the voicemail and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hey there, fellas. This is Adam P. Newton, also known as DriveTime on Twitter. And I wanted to call and talk about past tense. When I first rewatched this show back in the mid of this two-part series, I should say, it was this two-parter that helped me really understand how much I liked this show. It didn't make sense to me when I watched it in the 90s, but by the time I got more into the Star Trek mythos, this show did it for me and just encapsulated what was truly great about what DSN was going to do. That being said, I agree with the problems that you had with how this two-part was constructed. It relied too much on great man theory that kind of dominates Star Trek in general and American politics in general. 
the idea that one person who's great enough and strong enough and amazing enough can fix everything. And it's something that I think they fix later on with how Cisco goes about leading his team and leading the fleet. Yes, he is a great man. He literally is the emissary of the entire goddamn show. They fix the great man issues later by having him rely on the team around him. What the show does right is it helps, it analyzes everything that happens with the Augments War and the Third World War, and it gets into that like no other show really ever did. And I love that, the world-building aspect. It was just one bit off. It was a bit too, as you said, after-school special. Yeah. Again, I love what you guys are doing. Thanks for being great. And I look forward to seasons four through seven. Peace. All right, drive time. I think, listen, people have really, I didn't I didn't realize Past Tense was going to be such a controversial episode. I think that DS9 fandom, there's a line in the sand with DS9 fandom, and it's Past Tense. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that what drive time illustrates is that you know, there are some flaws with it, but I guess it does have its merits as far as the world building aspect is concerned. And I probably don't give it enough credit for the world building stuff. Some of the timeline stuff that happens with with uh, Star Trek kind of gets a li- little tedious with, with me and how it all like how the eugenics wars fits in and how, yeah. you know, you, it kind of gets a little tedious for me. So. I don't get into that aspect as much as some people do, but I appreciate it with Drive Time saying there. Yes. And you should look him up on Twitter, right? He's somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's that hand? Drive, at? Drive Time with a Y? Drive Time with a Y. But, okay. Uh, cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned again the great man theory. Yeah, we kind of went over, like, we're a little bit more jaded by that, but whatever. We've yeah. covered that, I feel like. But, yeah, I think it does... Deep yeah. in the world building aspect. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I didn't even give it that. I didn't even, I don't even, but like I said, I think if you're looking for like that deep Trek timeline stuff that some people get into, yeah. that yeah, I can see how this could be a big episode for you. Mm-hmm. And we get into it more later. He mentioned the Augments War and stuff, but yeah, that's but true. I guess we won't get into spoiler territory. But that's true. No, yeah. no, no, no. All right. Okay. Uh, moving on. We got another quick voicemail here from, this is Mike who called a while back, but this is a quick one. We'll just jump through it and get on. Hey, guys. Uh, Mike again. I called a while back ago, but uh, I don't know if you have a name yet for your uh, when you get mails and stuff, but can you call it Bloody Carney? (laughs) (laughs) Do you like have uh, O'Brien's voice do it? Because that would be so awesome. And I am a huge O'Brien fan, by the way, but I'm not offended that you're not. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. <laughs> but, bloody Cardies. <laughs> bloody Cardies. The Bloody Cardi uh, Radio Hour. Yeah, that sounds like it could be a rival DS9's podcast <laughs> name. <laughs> can, you, can you say Bloody Cardies in an Irish accent, though? I don't know. if I, I, I personally can't, yeah. but I'm sure we can get Colm Meany's soundbite yeah. of him saying it. And right. somebody could. Yeah, that's, that's true. the way to do it. Because every time I come close to attempting to do a column mini or an Irish accent, I was like, nope, that's not what I was doing, guys. <laughs> I, I, bet you, I, bet, I wonder if there's a supercut of every racial slur that he utters. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't and, even know. Like, I'm waiting. Like, did we make up Spoonheads? No. Or is that a real <laughs> thing? Say, is, that a, is that from one they used on TNG that didn't make the jump to DS9? I think because, so, be, maybe. Because Cardi's is my least favorite of the... Uh, yeah, because I remember Spoonheads. I remember watching uh, later, uh, like, a Moffat Doctor Who. There are Spoonheads. And yes. there was a Doctor Who it called the Spoonhead, and I was like, you can't do that, Moffat, you Stephen Moffat, you fucking asshole. That's a DS9 
racial slur, but it was first know. used in the episode Things Past, which is ahead of us. So it is yet to be developed in canon. Oh. Uh, it is said to have been first written by Ronald E. Moore. So Spoonhead or Cardi? Spoonhead. Cardi's Cardi's been around. Okay. So it's so weird. It's such a weird thing. Made up made up racial slurs. Like racial <laughs> slurs are hard enough to yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> to, to to have racial slurs as a real like deep thing in your world building is a kind of a weird hard on to have. Yeah. Right. It's like we're not yeah. gonna explore this aspect of the world building, but we gotta have like at least eight <laughs> different ways to say Cardassian <laughs> in a slanderous way. Right. Hurtful way. Yes. <laughs> and I feel uncomfortable really like <laughs> Oh, I could have so much fun saying all these racial slurs that I can get away with. Like, I don't know if that's the right road to go down mm-hmm. as a podcast of three white it's a, it, dudes. It's, but like, it's oh, weird. Finally, we could say something. Well, they know. <laughs> We're oh, not hundred percent sure how the post scarcity <laughs> market works of Star Trek, but we have got eight different ways to say Cardassian in okay. a slanderous okay. way. Okay, I hate to, I hate to. This is this feels dirty to go into, but I think Spoon Ants is a much better and more satisfying racial slur than Cardi's because Cardi's is just a shortening of their actual name, where Spoonhead actually takes a physical attribute and mocks it which is much worse right so it's kind of like the difference between the cleveland indians oh, shit. and the washington redskins where, <laughs> oh, where 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 one is a much danker racial slur is, is clearly a much deeper racial slur than the other right which is right. just actually like a bastardization of what they were actually called at the time right versus actually taking a physical attribute and mocking them and tip of and you know like you know personifying them by that one attribute so if you you're trying to go for what is the more <laughs> worstest. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just, my, 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 what I'm saying is just by like having a real hard on for made up racial slurs is a weird thing for sure. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It I'm is. just saying. I'm checking how I feel about really enjoying the racial slurs that, that I can say. No, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> it feels a little bit gross as this three, you know. Yeah. Kind of middle class white dudes like, oh, the li- relishing racial slurs that we check can your, say about him. Check your non spoon headed privilege. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right. I mean it, it is a it is a very But I like I like And say, I think it's a very I think it's a very middle class white guy thing of me to think, no, we can play with this ball. This is free of anybody ever getting hurt. <laughs> right. Like I can talk about this for a while. <laughs> like yeah, no, right. I, I gotcha. But I mean, yeah. not to get all ST- JW about it, but what's it say about us that we want to be using these slurs? Well, <laughs> no, I, I was, man, you're gonna get the dank ass memes crowd we're on us get now. The memes <laughs> crowd. Why don't we just? What do we have any other voicemails? Yeah, oh, oh yes, we do. Okay, okay. <laughs> I feel that I feel like we're gonna be answering past tense question like voicemails every week till we die. I, we need I'm, to put a moratorium. I, pr- on, I propose we throw that the one that we just did. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a sixty degree day. What do we? You just said some nice stuff about our show yeah. and and. You gave an like a nice English one oh one summary of, of our yeah, show. Yeah. yeah, and that was the thing is that I feel like with like a lot of times my like rambling critiques of things, I feel like I left meat on the bone, but past tense ain't one of them. I feel like I made a full statement on that, and I like yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to like every time we bring it back up, it's just distracting from that. In fact, I think that whenever I die, I'll be a real mystery to my kids. Certain aspects of of my life that they they'll never be able to understand, but they'll fully understand how I feel about the two episodes of Deep Space Nine called Past Tense. 
because of the voicemails. <laughs> All right. So you want to throw which one out? Don't don't, don't throw it. I, I, I'm saying I don't, know. don't throw it out. I'm just saying let's not accept any more on past time. And maybe okay. we can have the robot the robot at the end of the, <laughs> no. of the latest episode say we're putting a moratorium on past tense. Put that the rest. We need yeah. to maybe we to stop it. We need to hate another fan favorite. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. But okay. So yeah, the Cardi racial slur. I'll probably James, James takes a deep lexiconographical dive into racial slur. Right. You could say, you could say that for your YouTube. Yes. Uh, uh, all right. So this next voicemail, we have another voicemail from Kate. Oh, you know, good old Kate. Yeah, Kate. Yeah, mm-hmm. our old friend Kate. Yes. Yeah. So friend of the show, can, Kate. Yes. Well, you're all our friends if you're listening, unless you're an asshole. <laughs> no, but some of some of my best friends are assholes. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let's listen to Kate's email. Voicemail. Hey guys, it's Kate again calling to talk about life support. I actually have a lot more to say than I expected about this episode. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't great, and I definitely thought it was kind of boring. Um, I tend to like the Bajoran space politics, space pope stuff, but this could have been a lot more detailed and interesting. Um, You guys talked a little bit about Bajoran politics, and I have kind of a lot to say about that. So I'm going to try not to take too long, but here we go. Um, First of all, about the Kai's role in the government. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to compare the Kai to the modern pope, the Kai has a lot more influence since they're the head of Bajor's only major religion, which is so closely tied to the cultural identity of basically all Bajorans. Modern Catholics are spread out across various continents and have different ethnicities, so the Pope today doesn't have the kind of centralized power that the Kai or maybe a medieval Pope would have had. Also, the Bajoran provisional government isn't that stable. It almost got overthrown at the beginning of the last season, and the Bajoran people probably don't fully trust it yet. Also, Bajor hasn't had its own civil government in 50 years. The Cardassians controlled everything for more than a generation, and during that time, the only authority figure they couldn't get rid of was the Kai. The institution of the Kai is the only major Bajoran leadership role that survived through the occupation, and it carries so much political weight because of that. I agree that the episode should have included more people in the negotiations. If nothing else, it would have made the story more interesting, but it doesn't surprise me that Wynne has as much power as she does in this episode. And then about Bajoran-Cardassian relations and the potential importance of the peace talks. I don't think that calling Bajor space Israel is particularly accurate. Bajoran-Cardassian relations don't really bear any resemblance to the Israel-Palestine conflict. And while I definitely see the parallels between the Bajorans and Jewish people and the Cardassians and Nazis, the political situation between them gives me less of a World War II feeling and more of a 19th century colonialism vibe. Hmm. Like maybe the Cardassians are the space British empire. They conquered an existing society, took over the government, oppressed the locals, took all their resources, fucked everything up, and left the place in shambles when they were finally forced out. Dukat even sounds like some 19th century British dude. He's always talking about how Cardassia brought superior technology to the Bajorans and made them better and more civilized through their occupation. One of the important things that needs to happen when a colony gains independence is for the colonizing power to acknowledge their existence as an independent political entity. 
And one of the purposes of the negotiations in this episode is to open official diplomatic relations between Bajor and Cardassia, which means Cardassia is acknowledging that Bajor is no longer. Boom. Oh, that's three minutes. Oh, Kate, that was a really good. Here's the thing about that, Kate, is that there was a few times during that call where I was, I was just wanted to mutter, holy shit, she's right. Mm-hmm. That the 19th century, uh, Great Britain analogy holds up really well, I think. I agree. Other than the fact that they they look ex- explicitly like not, you yeah. know, they're uh, except for the fact that they're telegraphing like Nazi imagery. Some some you know with the yeah, and they never really hard say that there was like a like a final solution element. To the, no, the to the Cardassian occupation, but they have camps and they're like did, you know, especially in yeah. in well, I mean, we have that. It all goes back to Duet, right? And he's like, "I should have," yeah. And then Ducat saying, "I should have killed every last Bajoran." And yeah. So I mean, I but it think is, that, it's the effects of colonial, like the long term yeah, effects I do of agree colonials. Like, I yeah. can I could totally see that she makes it. She makes a great I've read several that. times that like a like a recommended reading for this and to understand a lot of the scope of what's going on here. <laughs> the White Man's Burden by I, I think Rutger Kipling, which was about you know who was obviously a British man raised in the colonial. I think it's India. Yeah, yeah. Could, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that, yeah, that the Cardassians like routinely express white man's burden element, which yeah. is the same mm-hmm. as the British is. Like, no, it's, I mean, it's brought up as like a gross concept of colonialism, that it's a gross feeling that the British had, that the Cardassians have, well, is, is it, that they definitely have white man's burden about the way their ownership of Bajorans. And then Bajorans clearly view it, uh, you know, from, from you know a colonialist an anti-colonialist perspective yeah which is you know appropriate uh and that never gets brought up with Bashir or or o'brien uh, oh yeah yeah so but that would actually both right because of because fe- of federation we love yeah no but if you think about their were like you know were they their actual races their yeah, actual yeah. like oh right 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 uh hair yeah i mean ireland and and british yes. indian <laughs> descent right well i mean the closest yeah that's that's there's some commentary on uh, there could be some commentary on colonialism just by having the two characters with that that two background. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, the fed, well, those problems in humanity have all been solved, so they don't have to. That refer they're to so it. deep in the past that they're no longer. Right. With I us. mean, but he, I mean, hmm. even more so that kind of issue. Cisco actually later on actually Expert, yeah. brings up that with his, yeah. you know, with, you know how he treated black folks in the sixties. And I, I think that that you're right though, but that's, that's unfair. Like that's unfair to Cisco is that he's the only one to, al- to have some sort of solidarity with his past. Yeah. Uh, minimize you know, like his past subjugation, like none of the other people have any sort of ties to their human history of, that's, of, uh, of, that's a weakness uh, of Star Trek. I yeah. Think. And, 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 and I feel like, and that's why it was such a surprising strength with they, Cisco. Well, it's also, it's important because it's important if Cisco didn't have that. Well, element it's, at all. it's also kind of a strength of Star Trek to me too. It's like, we've, we've superseded it. And it's not like, well, Cisco has that element just cause he's a student of history. It's not, he's just like, yeah, I know this stuff. <laughs> and you don't, okay. Here's the thing. And he has you problems. don't think the pain there, there are a, a major episode that's tied into the pain right. of racism. It's true, yeah. And but that how Cisco himself is it yeah. reverberates yeah. through time mm-hmm. as a cultural pain. Right. That, yeah. Well, and I think that's part of well, I think some of that has to do with but Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks was the star of the show and yeah. he and wanted Avery Brooks telling stories that he wanted to tell. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't, you know, like Colomini and Alexander Sadiq, 
it might have felt that, but I don't think it really hit home. I don't think that was a core of the stories that they want to tell as actors is that they are And it concerned. wasn't totally important to America at the time in the way that like African American racial dynamics were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't like America America just didn't eat up like salmon rusty novels and like, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the the plight of the twentieth century Irish Irishman. Nineteenth century, twentieth century Irishman. So I yeah. But, but yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah I, I agree with you. To wrap it up, we we agree with your assessment. And here's the thing about the Space Pope stuff. All right, you, of course you're right, Kate. But we deal <laughs> yeah. with words, and Pope is a fun word to say. <laughs> so well, you, I, I see what you're saying. You have to be careful with your words and their meaning. But when the word Pope comes out of your mouth, it is just, it's just, it's just it feels nice. Yeah, so, Space Pope. <laughs> and so saying Space Pope is a very satisfying thing. And you're right in your analysis. And I think all three of us can acknowledge yeah. that. Yeah. 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 yeah and I agree. It's a very astute observation because I never think about the Bajorans having the institution of uh, their religion survive the occupation being like the, only, like the only thing left standing. That's an actual interesting aspect that they, I feel like they don't bring up enough. I guess. Right. Well, that's well, the it thing. goes back to the whole Star Trek monoculture with aliens problem. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's the one th- when you deal with like sort of abused cultures and sort of overpowered and, 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 you know, abused cultures. One of the things that like what lasts is what they keep with them, you know, like the African-American song, like how throughout all of that, they kept the, the core of their songs that I guess with Bajor, that would be their religion. Right. And this would all be easier if it like I, I know that my problem with the Bajor stories is that they don't do them well. Right. Enough. It's interesting on the page. Yeah, absolutely. Like not, like not the scripts, but it's interesting in concept. But they just never really they never rise to the occasion on these episodes yet. Well, see, and, Kate, like Kate's telling of that story of like the Bajoran story, just like her oral history of the Bajoran <laughs> yeah. is so, so much more interesting than their actual presentation. Like, yeah, Kate was listening to facts. And in the way this that she was <laughs> framing her argument was so much more interesting as a narrative than what they actually do at times. If someone had wrote Bajorans, like Ronald D. Moore wrote Klingons, or Iris Stephen Bear wrote Ferengis, or Robert Hewitt Wolf wrote The Dominion, if someone wrote them with that level of ownership, uh, Peter Allen Fields wrote Cardassians, then it would probably bloom. But no one, it's clear that no one's interested enough in it to bloom that storyline. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, yeah they're just people is, with shit is. on their nose, right? Am well, I right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just the, yeah, yeah, they're just the p- things we paste on half the cast and, and, and not on the other half. Yeah. And so that's the problem. And so that you're right. I mean, I, I don't think that there's not, I it's the execution that's always letting me down on this. Right. And I think probably leading me to be ill-informed. But, but that's not. But <laughs> that's space not Pope is fun to say. Space Pope. Is I think so that's fun. what we'll leave. Robo uh, Pope was fun to say. Robo Pope. He was never Pope, but Robo Pope was just you know. Yes, Kai Alpaca. Oh, that yeah. was fun. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, guys, what else you got for us? Is that it for this week? Uh, that is the car. The Cardi mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, um, yeah. Oh, we still haven't gotten the call that I've been dying for, which is someone to actually call us SJWs. Right. And cooks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, it's only a matter of time. That's, I mean, when we blow up on Reddit, that's actually going to happen. <laughs> we can get Pip. Oh, okay. So, yeah, if you want to get into this, 
cut. Wade, is that is that it for the mailbag today? That is it. That is all. All keep, right. Keep, right. Keep on keeping on, giving us calls and on. The phone number is? And on and on till the break of dawn. And <laughs> for those of you in the Kelvin universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can give us a call at 917-408-3898. Have you, have you all noticed that? We get a lot of southern accents in our calls I think, here. Yeah, I think I think we're we're a balm <laughs> like, to, to misplaced southerners everywhere. Right. Oh, well, I mean, I maybe y'all are growing up. Growing up, we all grew up. Well, me and James specifically grew up around those kind of accents. Mm-hmm. I'm not around them so much anymore. So when I hear this many on the podcast, I'm like, huh, okay. I'm around uh, a lot of Hoosier accents right now. So yeah. that's it's a, a different thing. Yeah. And, uh, anyways, yes, nine one seven four zero eight. Three eight nine eight. Give us your call if you're calling not from the south. That's fine too. Hey, you're calling from anywhere. We love you. We love to not in a weird way. We love to hear from you. I, I particularly love the the accent of Liverpudians. So if there's any Liverpudians, yeah, I, I like, that calms me like a, a like ASR ASR. Stop! Stop it. <laughs> We've had these talks, James. You know how I feel. It creeps me out. I like the Aussies. I think it, when Twiggy calls in, we haven't heard yeah, from yeah. Twiggy yeah. in a while. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, you can yeah. send us a, just a, you know, we record our <laughs> things not on the phone when we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You can record and email us at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Try to keep it under three minutes because that's where the voicemail cuts off, and, you know, and mm-hmm. we have to cut some stuff out for time, as you may have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the shorter, the better, especially as we get more of your calls. Mm-hmm. You've got a more chance of getting on the uh, full podcast if you're if you're. Uh, you short. know what we could do is we could just if you want to leave a 20 minute diet tribe, we could we could throw it up on our we could throw it up unedited on our YouTube site. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, we want to use, we want to use, even if you, you know, hey, you might be thinking, yeah, I'll try to leave less than a three minute episode, but these assholes are responding for 20 minutes at a time to one two minute call. So you can do it, (laughs) you know, we will try to respond, but you know. It might not be proportionate to. Right. You know, we got, we're trying to get a podcast that people want to look at and not say three hours. I'm not clicking on that. I I think, uh, I think the equilibrium is, is that someone could leave us a one minute call and we could talk for 20 minutes. But if they leave us a 20 minute call, probably still just talk for 20 minutes. (laughs) Maybe less so. Water always finds its level. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you give us a great, if, hey, you give us gold, we'll find somewhere to use it. Yeah. But I feel like we've talked enough about, what kind of calls? Give us, hey, we want to hear from you. We love you. All right. Well, that's yeah, it. 917 Don't be in a room alone with Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah. And with, yeah, I won't love you like that. And, and with that note, uh, thanks for... <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for listening to the Rules of Acquisition. We'll see you next week. Three to beam out. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes, they will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal, the number is 917-408-3898 that number again is 917-408-3898, you will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are, that is great.
These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong, so feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that, again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.